Welcome back to the Goddess and Sweats podcast. Did you miss me? I missed you. I missed doing these. So we're back and I'm doing things a little bit differently for the next five episodes. I'm going to be reading you chapter by chapter an amazing book called Reflections on a Philosophy by Dr. Forrest C. Shackley Sr. And these are philosophies that have been in my life since 2009 and have made a big difference in how I look at the world. And it's not a book you can just go and buy at your local bookstore. And so I thought as part of what I want to give back, I'm just going to be reading this and making it public for all to see. I do share how you can get a copy of the book if you would really like one, but you don't have to if you can just come back and listen to me. So tune in, enjoy, and I'll see you on the inside. So it feels like it's been a few millennia since I've recorded and posted a podcast. Now, a little heads up, I've been going through some challenging times and to be honest with you, I really struggled showing up at all. And today was the day that I decided, you know what, it's time to just show up. And there's ways that I can do this podcast where maybe I'm not diving into all the complexities of what I'm dealing with right now. And let's bring something a little different. So what I've decided to do is I'm going to I'm going to bring to you an audiobook. I'm going to read a book to you. And it's a book that is very near and dear to me and my heart. The gentleman who wrote it is one of my top mentors. He's no longer with us. I mean, he passed away before I was born. Actually, I believe he passed away the year I was born, but it was early in the year. So I don't even think we were on the planet together, which is bizarre. And the book is called Reflections on a Philosophy, and it's by Dr. Forrest C. Shackley Sr. And the idea of this is he goes into what is thoughtsmanship? So thoughtsmanship, it's not really a word. It, you, you will find information about thoughtsmanship and about Dr. Shackley with it because this is his thing. He, he made this up. And this has been one of those things that I've recited kind of unconsciously. And I, I do understand it to a point. However, I was listening to an old recording of him and he's talking about it and things just started clicking and that's where I got the idea. I'm like, why don't I do a five-part series where I read each episode, I read a chapter and let's share this because I know there's people out there who are going to find this fascinating, who this might be the little thing that just clicks in their brain to help them understand the power of thoughts and what you think and why you do things. So that's what we're going to do. That's what I'm doing. So this next five episodes is going to be me reading this book. We're going to do a chapter at a time. I don't think I'm going to do an analysis at the end because I want you to analyze it. I want you to analyze it for yourself. And then if you're feeling so inclined, you can share those those insights with me somehow, whether it's responding on the podcast episode or I'll put my social spaces in the show notes so that you can come and uh, send me a message if you'd like to. And, and send me your insights because I have my own thoughts on it, but I want to hear what other people get from it. So let's do this. We're going to do chapter one. Now, I've never done this before. I've never read a book as part of my podcast. So I'm hoping I can get this done in a relatively reasonable amount of time. So chapter one is thought. What you think you look, what you think you do, what you think you are. What is thought? 
No one has ever seen a thought. We can only visualize the effect thought has upon us and others. Of one thing we may be sure, however, thought has an affinity to the physical. Every thought you develop sends an impulse to every tissue, every cell in your body. The body responds, and in this way, thought results in a physical expression. This applies not only to the physical actions of man, but to the action and reaction of all life existing on this earth to the influences of thought vibrations. We cannot escape the effects of our thoughts upon our well-being, for our life is what we think to make it. Where do thoughts form? In the mind? What is the mind? It may be somewhat surprising when I say that there is no such thing as mind. The mind is simply a process, not a thing. We use that process to give expression to our desires. The process of mind is, of course, a very important function. This function produces thought. The brain is not the process of mind. It is a physical organ that is used by both your inner consciousness and your educated consciousness to create the impulse of thought. In preparing this message, it is not my desire to refute statements made by any other philosopher or writer. I merely wish to share truths that have been presented to me over the past seven decades of study and research into natural things. If what is related here seems at first contrary to your understanding, I ask that you withhold judgment until you have been presented with all of the facts. My life's experience has been recorded into my inner consciousness. Through the process of mind, this acquired knowledge is now being revealed. Try to approach these ideas with an open mind. Do not allow prejudice to blind you. Read every word and read carefully. Weigh every fact on your own reason scale. The closer one scrutinizes what is said here, the cleaner these truths will stand out. As we consider thought and what is, it is necessary to find the means to closer cooperation between the educated consciousness and the inner consciousness. Since it is the inner consciousness that is the custodian of our memory, it may be well for us to realize that over 90% of our everyday activity is handled by our inner consciousness, almost involuntarily without a conscious effort on our part. Every thought we have ever produced lies in our storehouse of memory, ideas awaiting our call. However, we need not always put forth a conscious effort to profit by such recall, for the inner consciousness automatically uses those stored thoughts to direct our physical actions. Yes, I know we don't always recall the facts we desire exactly when we desire them, but that doesn't mean that they're not there. It usually means that we are keeping our process of mind so busy just searching for memory that our inner consciousness has no way of getting the message through to us. How many times have you tried desperately to recall something and failed and have gone about your business doing other things only to discover that suddenly you remember clear and bright? There is only one process of mind and you had kept it so busy trying to remember that there wasn't an open line of communication. Thought is an expression of the creative intelligence as supplied to man, to every person. If only he or she will listen and receive and become conscious of the thoughts. All the thoughts of the universe, of this earth at least, are here and crowding in upon us. All we need to do is listen. I had not seen too many years when I first recognized the bombardment of the creative thought of nature. It started when I was still a boy, a loner with nature. I have always been a loner with nature. I used to like lying flat on my back in an old haystack out in the fields in spring. 
Once, while doing just that and marveling at the formations of wild fowl overhead, a phenomenon many times greater than today, I asked myself, what makes those geese, ducks, swans, and cranes fly north in the spring of the year? They were guided by some unseen force, I determined, taken back to the place where they were born, their nesting place of the year before and years before that, where they laid their eggs and produced their young, and then in the fall, without roadmaps, they suddenly had the urge, something told them, to fly south. So they left their home and flew to the Southlands, where it would be warm and comfortable during the cold northern winter nights and days. That was the awakening of my relationship with nature, and I have since cultivated every thought that I could recognize in my inner consciousness, or at least endeavored to do so, and built those thoughts into ideas. It is well that man's educated consciousness becomes aware of the other side of man, for it is the inner consciousness that is in constant touch with the creative intelligence and the director of nature. It is well to remember that every thought you produce tends to be given physical expression. Certainly, it will have an influence in the expression of your life. Man does not have the power to create thought. Man does not have the power to create thought. He becomes conscious of the creative thoughts and directs them in given expression to his own activity. True, many of the thoughts man uses as a guide to this expression of life are the thoughts of others. For thoughts are no respecter of persons. Neither is thought limited by space. This world is blanketed with thoughts. The consciousness simply becomes aware of them and either accepts or rejects them. What we think, we do. There are many different types of thought. Constructive, inventive, creative, optimistic, stimulative, and many other positive types. There are also negative types. Destructive, pessimistic, depressing, hateful, and so forth. Man must choose carefully the thoughts he wishes to entertain. Remember, positive thoughts tend to bring much happiness to us and to others, adding to our pleasure of life, while negative thoughts tend to result in a discord of vibrations that will deteriorate the body. When the body is no longer a fitting abode, the life force departs. Man brings destruction upon himself. Cooperative thoughts and forgiveness are neutralizers that will give man inner peace. Man must determine to live in harmony with nature, for life is what we think to make it. Every cell in the body is subjected to the impulse of thought. The inner consciousness responds to such thought impulses and sends motivating energy to such muscles that are needed to carry out the demand of that thought. Thus, the thought is being transmuted into physical expression. Have you ever seen a face turn ashen gray from anger? Or face flush crimson from embarrassment? Have you ever been frozen to a spot from fear? All of these physical reactions are due to thought. What you think you look, what you think you do, what you think you are. As a young man, I enjoyed athletics of all kinds, including boxing. One day I was walking down the street with my mind on a thesis I was to write that weekend. I was oblivious to everything about me. At that moment, a fellow student, a very close friend, stopped in front of me and threw a fake punch at my jaw. There was no thought recognition, only a thought of defense. I struck back with deadly accuracy and my friend was knocked off his feet. Worst of all, his head hit the sidewalk with such force that he suffered a light fracture of the skull. 
Imagine my regret. But at that moment, the instinctive reactions developed through my long training sessions for boxing and stored in my inner consciousness had taken control of my body. Those defensive thoughts were transmuted into the physical and my reaction was automatic. After reading the above facts concerning the transmutation of thought into the physical, you will recognize the need of thought control. Suppose someone did something that caused you to become angry. Anger, of course, is a derivative of fear, and fear is one of man's most negative emotions. Those angry thoughts cause the inner consciousness to alert every cell in the body to contract and prepare for fight or flight. It may not be necessary to do either, but as long as the angry thought is, it is controlling your actions, every cell in your body will feel the effect. Normal functions have been interfered with, and it may take many hours for the body to repair the physical damage done by a single thought. On the other hand, a thought of friendliness can cause a sense of relaxation throughout the body, and the relaxed body will function more normally. You will not only feel better, but look better. Yes, thought transmutation into the physical is a confirmed fact. Think of the above illustration the next time you find yourself becoming angered. Thought control, the word control, may strike you where it hurts. For few people have control of their thoughts. People are prone to produce selfish thoughts and even wonder why others disagree with them. Can't you think of the other fellow's welfare some of the time? We truly believe the success building power of the Shackley philosophy is due to the fact that we share our opportunities with the other fellow. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Man cannot make progress alone. Progress is the direct result of the service man renders to others. The greater the service rendered, the greater the progress. It all depends upon what you think. Thoughts, as you now know, have a tendency to be transmuted into the physical. The human being has been given dominion over all things pertaining to his personal welfare. Why court disaster by refusing to direct properly your projection of thought? You must either produce your own directive thoughts or someone else will produce those thoughts for you. Are you acting upon the thoughts you have experienced in years past? Of course you are, for 90% of your daily actions are motivated by thoughts experienced by you in days gone by. A thought is never lost, so guard against the cultivation of a thought that is not true to the type of life you wish to live. Thought control is a necessary part of life. I cannot express my life without thought, so why not control the type of thought my educated consciousness produces? The future life will be exactly what we think to make it, because every thought that has ever been produced by man or ever will be produced is here on earth now, as I have stated earlier. We are blanketed by the vibrations of these thoughts. Success or failure is wholly dependent upon the thoughts man uses for the guidance of his activities. Man is endowed with the power of reason and given dominion over all things pertaining to his own well-being. That is why, in everything you do, I urge you to use thoughtsmanship. Now, what's ridiculously funny about this particular podcast episode is I was doing this and deciding to read a book because I thought for where I am right now, this would be easier. This was a fuck of a lot harder. 
because I stumbled over the words. Anyways, I hope you got some value out of this. And over the next four episodes, I'm going to be diving into each chapter. So this is going to be a five episode or five series. Yeah, five episode series of going through this entire book. And the reason I wanted to share this is because this isn't a book you can just get at chapters or Barnes and Nobles or whatever your bookstore is. This is one that I would have to specially order in to get to you. And I believe that the philosophy in this book, even though it's just a tiny little book, like it's not much more than a centimeter thick, are so powerful and they need to be shared because we're at a time right now that I'm noticing people are struggling, right? They're struggling with the bombardment. We are at a place in our time where information is so freely at our fingertips to the point where I don't think we're really learning as much as we could because there's just so much input, right? And there's so much manipulation because you get people who will manipulate that stuff so that you see what they want you to see. And so this is part of my service back where I can give you something that you can't just get if you can't just go buy this book. Now I will say if you do want this book, I'm happy to bring in some copies. I can, I think I can still get my hand on some copies of this book and I'd be happy to ship them out to you. It's not going to cost anything. Um, I won't charge for shipping. I would, uh, the only thing I would ask for is maybe the cost of the book, but I can get it to you. And this is a book that, I mean, my copy is, it's in shambles. I use this so much. And the best part about it, what I love about it is that I don't always, I'm not always able to stick to these philosophies. I struggle with it, even after years. I mean, I've had this book since 2010, I think. 2010? 2010, December 15th, 2010 is when I got it. And I still, it still takes work for me to be very diligent about what thoughts I'm allowing into my brain and using thoughtsmanship as a way to direct my life and where I want to go and the impact that I want to bring to the world. So, I hope through these next few episodes that you get some great value out of this, that it can help you stop and pause and, and really take ownership over your thoughts. Because like, the, like Dr. Shackley said, is we, we get the inputs, right? You get thoughts that creep into your head that you're like, I didn't actively think that, right? That's not something that was in my brain. For example, right? The, the intrusive thoughts, that's what I call them. They're not something that you would necessarily consciously create there are things that are being input in and then it's your decision as to whether or not you hold on to that and use it for something right put it turn it into and transmute it into a physical reality so being very aware of that and seeing which thoughts am I actually going to cling on to that's going to direct me to where I want to go and which thoughts do I need to just toss it back out into the ether for somebody else to use or preferably I mean there's some thoughts that have come in my head that I'm like let's just send that right back to source where that can be transmuted into something more positive because nobody should use that thought for anything but there you go so as much as I thought this was going to be easier it's turned out to be a little bit harder but I think this sparks some good conversation and this is part of one of those things that I just want to give back I want to give something out there where you can listen to it and again if you want the book I'm happy to get it for you um, just you can DM me on my social spaces which are in the the show notes and and I would all I would ask for is the cost of the book 
which isn't super expensive. I think they're like 10 bucks or something like that, but I'd have to double check. So until next time, until next episode, ruminate on that a little bit. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So again, social spaces are below. You're welcome to DM me. DM me. Speaking is hard right now. And let's have this conversation. And I want to get this out to more people so that they can understand just how much control they have. How much control or potential control is at their fingertips if they're willing to just pause for a second. That's it. You just got to pause for a second. Take a deep breath. And how can you shift it and focus on a thought that is going to take your life into a better direction or into a direction that's more desirable for you. So until next time, keep on keeping on as the doctor says, and I fucking love you.